Welcome to Conservative, the podcast that's locked and loaded with all things guns and Second Amendment. I'm your host, Dalen Schaefer. Join us as we explore the Second Amendment with a healthy dose of patriotism. We're your go-to source for everything you need to know about your gun rights. So grab your favorite firearms, sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. This is Conservative. Welcome to the podcast, and today we're going to be discussing gun buybacks. Do gun buybacks work? Well, let's run over the numbers and what people have seen and the different interesting tricks that people have used when it comes to gun buybacks to get an extra penny, because some of these are pretty dang clever. Let's dive into it. So do gun buybacks work? Well, first of all, the first problem are inadequate incentives. When it comes to gun buybacks, oftentimes you'll be offered a gift card or a small cash incentive in exchange for your firearm. Most of these gun buybacks are done with a no questions asked policy. This is to incentivize criminals to feel more comfortable giving up their firearms in exchange for that $50 Starbucks gift card. To me, I don't see that incentive as being equal firearms have a high value and on the black market they have an even higher value so trying to incentivize people like that just seems like you're offering too little for what they would require in order to give you that firearm now the interesting thing is sometimes the reward that they give you will actually be higher than the value of the firearm you're trading in and by offering non-market incentives it really really can mess up these gun buybacks flooding them with broken guns or cheap guns, or guns that overall were pretty easy to obtain beforehand. Another thing to remember is that gun buybacks are usually held by police, which means they could easily be avoided by criminals who don't want to interact with the police no matter how much the police insist that it is a no questions asked buyback. An interesting point to think about as well is what could these resources from these police departments be used for instead? Could they be used to address the root problems and the root causes of gun violence in the city? Well, honestly, they could, but it is much prettier to do a gun buyback, and a lot of people see that, and it can gain you a lot of support very easily. Of course, gun buybacks will collect a ton of broken guns because they're just guns that people don't see use for, don't know how to fix, and it might be worth getting that $50 Starbucks gift card for grandpa's broken shotgun, but let's be honest, Nobody was going to use grandpa's broken shotgun in a crime anyway. Honestly, because criminals avoid these gun buybacks, it disproportionately impacts law-abiding citizens by disarming them, and the criminals are then the ones left with the firearms. Again, these gun buybacks are mostly just a big symbolic gesture, and they do not have much effect. We're going to get to that. Some proof of this instead of just all these ideas because ideas are great but the evidence is what we want to see another thing to remember is that gun buybacks are done by county or city so they have geographical limitations anybody can drive 20 minutes outside of a county into another county and obtain a firearm or bring it back into the firearm or people moving in and out so really it has a very limited scope If it were to work, which they don't tend to, it would only work in a small spot, in a small location. But because of this geography problem, maybe that is part of the reason why they're not working as well. Um, Now, I just believe that they shouldn't be done at all. 
but hey, that's just my two cents. Something very interesting that I saw, a uh, trick that somebody pulled is they 3D printed a bunch of 22 revolvers for a no questions asked gun buyback. Now these 3D printed um, pistols for 22 were deemed as non-functional firearms, but for this specific gun back, they were still giving $25 a piece and this man brought in probably 40 of these 3D printed guns and it probably cost him $25 in filament and he got 25 bucks a pop for his 3D printed guns that he brought into this uh, gun buyback and they had to change their policies immediately after but because they hadn't, they actually let this one slide for him. You gotta admit, there were some people on the force there that saw what he was doing and probably thought it was pretty clever. So let's dig into the evidence. Did a gun buyback work in Australia? In 1996, they banned a bunch of weapons and there was a mandatory buyback. They bought them back at what they called market price. The crime rates before were almost the same for four years post-ban. They didn't change much. In some years, they fluctuated to be higher of those four years and some slightly lower, but they did not change much. Suicide rates actually increased for the three years following the ban, so it just went to show that the guns didn't have an impact on the suicide rate. So in Australia, their gun buyback did not work. The National Bureau of Economics Research said this about gun buybacks. This is very interesting. It says they have done little to reduce gun crime or firearms-related violence, stating, our results suggest that gun buyback programs have an inefficient are an inefficient use of taxpayer dollars in the United States. So there you have it. That's the National Bureau of Economic Research. That's what they had to say. It was a waste of taxpayer dollars. So that's it for you, I guess. Do gun buybacks work? Not if you look at the numbers and not if you look at the history and not if you just look at the basic incentives of economics as well. I hope this gave you some interesting and useful information and I will catch you next time. that's it folks thanks for listening to conservative the podcast for gun enthusiasts and defenders of the second amendment remember the second amendment isn't just a right it's a responsibility so keep on fighting for your freedom and i'll see you next time on conservative